0: Get your uh, tea and crumpets or your coffee and donut holes. So so I always say tea and crumpets and a couple weeks ago in the uh, crossword puzzle crumpets was one of the answers and it was often eaten with tea and a certain person in our congregation got it right Because, I always say tea and crumpets, even though we have neither. Do we have tea? We have tea. We don't have crumpets. Can you work on that? Okay, thank you. We'll get crumpets. We have donut holes. I think they're better than crumpets, maybe. I don't know what a crumpet is, but um, yeah. So, hey, uh, good to see you guys. Thanks for being here. It's uh, on this uh, summer weekend. We've got a lot of folks, obviously, traveling. We've got people in California and other places, Hungary. Emma Shea made it safely to Hungary. If you prayed for her, thank you. She's appreciative of that. With And they made it, I don't know if you on the news, some of you don't watch the news, but all the airports and stuff, flights, but they made it really smoothly and easily there. So that we're happy for that. But we're happy to be here, and I'm happy that you guys are here. We're going to continue. We've been looking at First Corinthians 13, answering the... Uh, esoteric or maybe not so esoteric question, uh, what does love look like? Uh, what are the practical outworkings of love? Uh, there is a, uh, a cohesion, there's a unity to First Corinthians 13. It's not just a bunch of random sentiments. You know, you, you get the opinion, because he's got this list, and so you, you kind of think, well, Paul just sort of said, oh, love is this and that and the other thing. But but really, it's it's much more Uh, comprehensive than that. Paul mentions the thing he mentions with purpose. This is God's plan. This is God's design for creation. This is how things are supposed to work. And it begins with God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. uh, God God is love, and God is love intrinsically. In and of himself, God is love. He is love, and that's the source of love. And that love comes from him, flows into us, um and he's created us there's a there's an emptiness a need a longing a vacuum if you will uh in our hearts that can only really be filled with god's love and and so there's a there's a need there that's created as such god pours his love into us and as he does that uh then we are able to love ourselves and that's an important step in 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 thinking about this this week i realized how important it is that we acknowledge that we are beloved by him, that we're able to receive his love. Because I don't believe we can effectively love one another until we come to that place uh, where we, we love ourselves. So God pours his love into us. We return love to him. We call that worship. We did that this morning. That's uh, uh, Worship is, in effect, us expressing uh, love back to God uh, and then you know, the overflow of that is that we're able to love others. So it's really, it all comes from God loving us. We love Him. We love them. Uh, It's one big love fest. It's Woodstock without the mud. Uh, And that's the plan. That's how it's supposed to work. Um, But you know how the story goes, right? Enter Satan, sin, and a distortion of self. Uh, It's a distortion of self. And instead of the life that comes with God's love, we then strive to succeed. We strive to be better than that. We strive to get ahead of the next person. And we, it really is a, this this vicious cycle. The old illustration of the hamster running around that wheel is, is really uh, true. Sometimes that's what life is like, is trying to get ahead, trying to be better than the other person, trying to further ourselves. Because you know, God has a plan. We think we have a better plan. My plan's better than God's plan. Um, and, and what happens is that, that we then, instead of loving, we turn inward, and, and we build walls. We create walls that block love, and, and we're unable then to fill that, the void that's there with the things that we try to fill it with. We try to fill it with other stuff. Um, those things become idols, and then it, it doesn't work the way that God intended um, we end up, you know, judging. We end up competing with one another, and it's just it, it. It's it really results in what we see so much of in the world today around us. Um, envy, we said last week, is the result of living in a state of competition. And again, we talked about competition being uh, there's a place for it, right? Our grandsons at a soccer tournament today, and it's when you're playing soccer, you can be competitive. That's okay, um, but it's not a good lifestyle. You can't be competitive with one another all the time. Um, trying to get ahead, as, as I said last week, is exhausting. Um, so uh, that was the first thing. You know, Paul begins his list. Uh, you know, of love on a positive note. And then he goes, it kind of, there's some things that love is not. So envy was the first thing, love is not. Today, there are two more things that love is not. They're, they are related, they're connected. So our title this morning, Love Does Not Boast and Love Is Not Proud or Arrogant. And I'm going to just take a moment and pray, and then we'll uh, take a look at those two things. Father, thanks so much for uh, your presence with us you're always here and it's always a joy to be with you and to be with one another i do pray that you would enlighten the eyes of our hearts today that uh, we would receive your word and what you have give me uh, wisdom and uh, the ability just to convey truth and convey your heart uh, in, in a real and functional and helpful way amen um being boastful and arrogant are similar to envy in that they, they are driven by, they're functioning out of a center of emptiness and trying to get something. I'm trying to get something. That's where they come from. So what we do as, as human beings, as people, is two things. We perform and we hide. So we perform to get what we think we need. If I do the right things, then I'll get what I need. And we hide the parts of us that we think might prevent us from getting what we think we need, so uh, there is a there is a dishonesty to it all, and it's a little bit like uh, the peacock at the zoo. And you see, we've all you've seen that where the peacock goes, Whoosh! you know, and the the tail feathers come out, and it's so beautiful, and it struts around. It's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, you know, and we're we're boasting. We're we're, we're boasting of, uh, you know, I have this, I have that. Uh, arrogance is next level. Arrogance is when you, we begin to think and believe, I really am the peacock. I, I really am the best. Um, we become, uh, a, as it were, a legend in our own mind, a little like my friend Ricky Bobby. There's Ricky Bobby. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is plain simple. I wake up in the morning and I pee excellence. That blocks love <laughs> I I cannot get uh, worth and value for myself from you and ascribe to you worth and value at the same time it doesn't work that way genuine love is humble true love is humble pride is the antithesis of love it's we pride is the opposite of love um, and again you know we're all prone to that, okay? It's the nature of the world we live in. uh, It it, it fosters that competition, and it fosters pride, and so we all have a propensity for that, and we all tend to cross over into that from time to time, um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. I think we don't just brag like Ricky Bobby because nobody likes that guy, right? Nobody likes a person that's that boastful. Uh, but we're we we, we we're much more subtle. We kind of just weave it into conversation, you know? It's like, uh, you know, you, at work you go, oh, well, hey, uh, you know, we had our sales competition this month and... And my friend Joe here—he really did a great job. He got second place in the sales competition this month. He, Joe, really went above and beyond. He did a great job. Joe got second, and he, man, I, he really, he really did good. Well, oh, who got first? Oh, well, I, I got first. But Joe did a great job. I mean, you know, we kind of were a little more subtle because we don't want to just boast outright. Um, but the truth is that it, it's, it's still there. It's still in us. I, I want to look at something. A little more specific this morning that I think relates to us as a people, as Christians, as a body of Christ, and that is religious pride. In context of the passage, I think that's really what what Paul is talking about, is religious pride. And it comes in a few different forms. As I was thinking about it this week, I realized there are different forms that religious pride can take. Uh, one form is sort of the charismatic, spirit-filled kind of pride. It's 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 uh, it it sort of looks like who has the best gifts. You know, years and years ago, back in the previous millennium, <laughs> vineyard uh, vineyard connected with some other movements for a while, and and I remember at one of the first events that we had connected with some different folks. And one of, the, one of the gals that was leading worship on our team sang a, a spontaneous song in the, in the middle of her set. We've all heard that. You've been in a conference or a setting where somebody, it's not the words to the song in the, on the screen or whatever. It's just from the heart of God, out of her heart, she just sang for a spontaneous song. And so this gal uh, that was there, she goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember when we first did that, what that was like. That was so cool back in the days when, when that happened to us. It was sort of like her subtle way of saying, oh, yeah, we, we were first. We got there first. We did that. Um, there's a, another, a guy I know who is a, an itinerant preacher, and uh, he posts uh, you know, a lot of his events and stuff on, on social media, which is fine. Everybody in the world does that. Um, but, but sort of sometimes I, I see his posts, and the, the essence of them is kind of like, hey, come to my meeting, and you'll get healed. God is the healer and he can work through any, anybody. But if you come to my meeting, your chances will go up a little bit. I mean, it doesn't say it quite like that, but that's sort of the inference, uh, you know. Uh, so, that, so there's that sort of spirit filled uh, pride. The other, another form, second form that I'm aware of is what I would call having the corner on the truth market. Okay? Our group has the truth we have the correct doctrine and the the correct understanding of scripture right and and not only is there a, a pride connected to that at times there's also seems to be a willingness to point out others that don't have the correct doctrine don't don't go there don't connect with that group because that'll mess you up if you go over there you most certainly will will you know, fall down a pit if you connect with those guys. Now, look, I get it. There there might be some wacky stuff out there that we don't want to connect with, and it might be good to warn people about not connecting with something wacky. But the truth is that uh, there's a lot of different uh, interpretations of Scripture and different applications of how that works out, and they're not all 100% the same. And and I think, by and large, you, you know, uh, most of us have enough discernment to, to be able to sort through that. The third form that I think religious pride takes is the lifestyle form. It's holier than thou. We don't smoke, drink, chew, or go with girls that do. And uh, I would just say, you know, all of these things, warning on that, be careful, because I, I think that religious pride comes from a place of emptiness and trying to to fill that emptiness up with being right, with being spiritually right. You know, look at me, the peacock. I have the correct doctrine. I live my life the right way, and I have all the cool gifts. Um, I, I, read, I, I read an article. It was a while ago. I might have shared with you. I don't remember. Is was an evangelical Christian person, known person, And they made the comment in the article that Mother Teresa was in hell. And, um, you know, the logic, I get it. The logic was Mother Teresa is a Catholic. Catholics worship statues. Um, And so clearly that was wrong. And so the outworking is that Mother Teresa is now in hell. So when I read that, my first thought was, hmm, well, isn't that special? Uh, I kind of thought, maybe I missed something, but I thought that was God's job. I didn't think that was our job to determine how that works out. But, you know, whatever. But my second thought, almost immediately after that, was based on the things that Jesus said equate to faith, I kind of thought Mother Teresa scored pretty high. It's like, you know, the all that do it under the least of these thing, you know, the widows and the orphans and stuff? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, so, so when somebody makes a statement like that, we, you could call that arrogance, maybe, to take, in my mind, to take the role of God and say this about another person. I, 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 far be it from us to say anybody is in hell. I, I mean, you know, we don't know. I mean, you could say Hitler's in hell. Well, I don't really know that right? But Hitler's not Mother Teresa. It's just a challenging thing. Here, here's the truth. <laughs> Paul says in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not some, not a few, not the really, really bad people, but all. All people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, so we don't boast in who we are. Go to First uh, Corinthians for me if you would. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. No one. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Go to Ephesians for me. One more. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. There's no boasting in our lives for anything other than Jesus. Uh, that that's it. That's all we've got. We 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 can't say don't be like that guy because that's what the Pharisees did. But we really can't say, oh, but you are like that guy and be an anti-Pharisee Pharisee. -Pharisee. It's all the same. It's all the same. Either way, uh, at the end of the day, we are a sinner who needs God's grace. That's who we are. That's who they are. That's who everyone is. We need that in our our thinking, in our minds, and we also need it in our hearts. Um, It doesn't matter who that guy is. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's someone who gossips or lusts or an addict or glutton or a transgender person or anything else, whoever, whoever, whoever. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's no re- reason for boasting or arrogance or judgment or throwing the first stone. The reality is we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are therefore all in the same boat, needing Jesus and boasting in him and on him and for him. Uh, the peacock feathers, if there's a peacock feather, if there's something to display, it's the cross, right? That's that's the boasting. That's what we have to boast, in. we put him on display. doesn't matter uh, what our issues are. We all have issues. We, we all have something. Um, we need him. We all need him. We all need to walk in humility. Uh, we all need to admit that, yes, I do need him. Um, now, so, so there's there's a balance in this, and there's a couple of things. Uh, ex- there's this can be taken to extremes, and I want to identify I think two extremes that uh, I would caution us against. And, and one is this: uh, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You can take that to an extreme, and you make yourself lower than low. All of a sudden, you, you know, you're the worst person on the planet. Uh, and we've this is this has taken place uh, in different. Groups of Christians historically at different times, we don't see that as much today, but I, I have seen this in individuals who have somehow convinced themselves that, that they are the, the worst of all sinners. Um, you know, Jonathan Edwards said, we're like a spider hang, dangling by a thread over the pit of hell. And, uh, you know, somebody could say, yes, if that's true, I am. I am that spider. Um, you know, but, but here's the thing. Here's the reality of that is this, that, that, that we are in Him. We are in Him, and in Him, we are beautiful, beloved children of God. And we can embrace that. We need to embrace that. Uh, we, we, we love God, and then, it's, so the two commandments, we love God, and then the second one is love your neighbor how? As yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We need to learn to love ourselves in Jesus. It's really, really important because we can't effectively love other people until we actually embrace who we are in Him and His love for us and learn to walk in that and, and celebrate who we are in Him and that love. So that's one extreme. The, the other extreme is this, and again, it's, the, it's not, don't see it all the time, but you do see it sometimes. We give God all the glory, right? That's, we, we know that that's true. But that doesn't mean that we can't ever be appreciative or thank other people, okay? Um, we are co-laborers in Christ. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen that where, you know, people say, hey, thanks for that day. Well, give God the glory. Well, no, you did a good job leading worship today, really. Well, give God all the glory. Uh, yeah, God gets the glory, but, but you still did a good job. I can thank somebody. I can appreciate somebody. I, 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 you know, I, I try to, most weeks, not every week, but a lot of times after service, Sunday afternoon, I'll send a little text out to whoever was involved that morning, say, hey, thanks, good job today. And I'm not giving, I'm not lifting those people up. I'm not giving them glory from God. I'm just saying thank you. You did a good job. We can, we can show appreciation to one another, and that's not robbing glory from God. Um, I like to say sometimes, uh, you, you know, to people, hey, it's not the same without you. And I mean that. It's not the same without you. Um, it, it, honestly, you know, I'm so appreciative. I'm so appreciative of our Sunday school teachers. I'm appreciative of our worship team. I'm appreciative of the people that set up the chairs. I'm super appreciative of people that bring the donuts, to be honest. Um, they're my favorite. Um, no, I, I, I really do. I'm so thankful. I love uh, you guys. I, I I appreciate who you are, what you do, and um, I don't think I'm taking any glory from God in that at all. So uh, we're going to close. Cindy is going to lead us in another song, and we'll just end with a little bit of worship and prayer. I, I, it's early. That's okay. It's a nice day out. Um, but I, I want to just pray for us this morning. If you would... Why don't you guys, you know, stand together as Cindy leads. I'm just going to pray that the Spirit of God would come and touch us this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org/give.